Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. In this episode, Dan chats to former Ospreys, London Welsh, London Irish prop Kai Griffiths. Now, you've probably heard Kai on the podcast before, and we've done some specials down at London Welsh. And on this occasion, uh, he has a nice, really relaxed chat with Dan and tells some stories of uh, playing uh, playing the Galascos era at the Ospreys. Life after rugby, which is a really, really interesting one. And uh, also just kind of what went on on those Osprey socials. So really hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, if you do leave us a review on iTunes, we always say that it helps us out massively if you're able to do that for us. And uh, as always, big thanks to um, big thanks to our sponsors, So Coffee Trades. And uh, you can get your hands on some coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk. But most importantly, big thanks to Kai for doing this. And we'll have more uh, more of these bonus editions coming up for you very very soon. Hope you enjoy. So here we are in uh, the local Weatherspoons, a lovely establishment with uh, with big big Kai Griffiths. He's taken uh, taken over the hot hot seat from Jed, who probably doesn't even know his own name after being on his stag do. Kai, thanks for coming on. No problem at all, mate. No problem at all. Nice little, nice little venue here for the for the. The podcast, so I'm quite happy. Lovely little venue, considering we bought our coffees somewhere else and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. snuck in through the Don't back. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. No. Um, so, okay, I've got a couple of couple of questions for you. We'll start off with um, the uh, the dragons. So, it's well documented they've had a tough uh, tough season. I wanted to say to you, how much of an impact do you think Hibbard, um, Aaron Jarvis, and Bevington will have? sort of on and off the pitch really as a, as a unit there I think they're, they're a great signing um, as an unit as a three as well they've, they've worked together for a couple of years with the Ospreys uh, obviously they're all gone to different clubs and they're coming back so for, for me it's, it's a huge signing for them and is it a good intent as well because I think um, they 
the drivers are struggling in the front that front row. Yeah. For them to come in with the wealth experience they got, huge number of caps in them as well. So the, themselves will develop those players around them a bit more. So when the time is right for them to move on again or to, to sort of uh, yeah, to move on, at least the the team will be in a better place, especially the front five. Um, but yeah, Hibbs, he's a huge player on and off the field. Like for, for me, with him on the Ospreys for about eight, ten years, he's a great character to have around the field. Um, and he's yeah, he's, he's pretty ruthless the way he plays, and sometimes on on the outside as well, he's he's quite a good guy. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's he's a huge that's a huge signing, and then Ryan as well. He's uh, again huge experience. He's probably done well for him to go outside of Wales to play for a bit, yeah, and then to come back um, and sign in for the for, for the Dragons and how the Dragons are talking about not so much this year but going forward. They're looking to develop something there. And I think for people to wanted results this year for Bernard Jackson to come in and sort of perform and get results this year I think it was one year too early for him to do anything so at least give him next year and then the year after I think he needs at least another two years in there to try and change things because things don't really change over one season or two yeah it's a huge thing to get players in and it's a cultural environment change as well which takes time so yeah I mean the uh, the Dragons had a tough tough day at the office didn't they up front do you think it's fair to say that um, you know Aaron Jarvis is known for being a, 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 a technically a pretty good scrummager spent a bit of time over in France and the French don't tend to sign anybody that can't scrummage uh, obviously Hibbard scrummaging hooker and then Bevington probably more known for being uh, you know fast in the loose is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah it is um, I think Bevs as well is a very powerful scrummager um, I think with him working with Hibbard as well as a, as a unit and with Jarvis as a three it does make a huge difference you can have the best tight end in the world if the hooker and the looser and the guy behind them as well are not really they want to scrummage it's hard for that tight end even if it's the best one in the world so for me it is Ryan is yeah he's, he's a proven international, um, very powerful and loose and in the scrum as well. So yeah, those those three will be really good. Um, You're backing but, them to make a difference. Yeah, completely difference. When I when I saw Hibbard signed there, I think that, that he's going to make a difference. But with the other two coming in as well, that's going to sort of make an, another go in another step. I, I, I'm just hoping that the fans and the the guys who are there is going to give them a little bit of time for next year um, because I think that's the year that they should see an improvement and then year three then or year two for those players but year three for Bernard Jackman is that's where they need to kick on so hopefully the guys won't see that yeah we want results straight away because it does take time yeah. I think he's not battling just with player recruitment I think he's battling with probably environment change there as well and the culture as well yeah oh, that's, that's interesting so leading on with the uh, still with the scrummaging what's the best front row then you've uh, you've played in played in yeah played oh, in. I, I think it, I've played in a couple of front row but I think a front row of probably Hugh Bennett and Paul James um, and I think I was in a I was in a pack once where I, I think I was the only non-international in there with Halloween Jones behind me and Brent Cobain as well and I think if I was right Brent Cobain yeah. that's a blast in the past. I know I know I know bit I of a loose what, bit of a loose second row yeah play, he, he, he was a he was a he was a tough tough character uh, there's a couple of training sessions where there was a couple of dust ups with him and a couple of yeah. second rows but that, it was always good to, to have him on board on our side but yeah with him and then you had Jerry Collins and then Marty Holland and Fido Tietias 
so there's not too bad, too much of a bad pack, if I'm honest with you. Just mentioning all those names, yeah. that's, that's some side, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, back in the back in the, the Galacticos uh, yeah. era, yeah, there was a, that was a huge, huge, huge side. When you mentioned you mentioned there that um, you know pretty much everyone in that side there or that pack was was an international. Was there? Um, was there a time where you were pretty close? You felt to be in, you know, to be into getting a call up. Was there any sort of murmurings, um, or did you feel as if you were you were possibly better than than any of the boys that had been given a cap? I mean, I suppose you have, you have to back yourself, don't you, as a player? Um, were there any times? Yeah, it was, I think I was in a good place. I just won the Grand Slam with the Wales in the 21s. Um, then going into the World Cup that we had in Argentina, it was my second World Cup for the 21s. So we had a first one in in England, and then we had an Argentina one at my age. And coming out of that, I was quite in a good place. Played a bit with the Ospreys. Yeah. Um, obviously, Adam was in front of me. Um, and yeah, Adam was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was on fire for the like, next 10 years after that. But yeah, for that point then, I think in 2007, I had a, had a call up in the Autumn Internationals um, when we were playing South Africa. And I think I think Duncan was on the bench that day. That was when we had, he was only 22 players, so he didn't have to have a, have a full front row on the bench. He could have a, a one prop and a, and a hooker. Yeah. So there was 22 in the team, and I think Duncan was struggling at one point. So I got called in for two days or three days leading up to that, and I Duncan pulled through, and I was yeah I was sort of the travelling reserve. So that's sort of the the closest I got to an international cup. Yeah. yeah well, that's, you're not going to get closer than that, do you? No, I nearly nearly got there, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's tough. See, I was in a I was in a, in a super strong Osprey side, but with limited game time from time to time and you, you, you need to be playing if you need to be things so, about with Adam in front of me yeah. it, it was quite tough uh, to uh, get that head yeah. in fair play Adam Jones is, uh, is no slouch is he in nah, the front row legend. So, um, what you um, what you miss what you miss most about not playing sort of pro rugby then I think for myself and I think for if you speak to any professionals that's come out of the game I think you miss that environment to being in in, in work you say work is a, is a quite a loose term that you're in work with your friends and especially for myself coming out of that I understand that work is a proper work outside of the rugby environment it is actually work and you're not there day to day you're having a bant in the dressing rooms and having that camaraderie and I think that's the, the, the hardest thing or the biggest thing I miss is turning up on every day and you're in there as an unit of 30 guys um, trained together trying to, trying to move the team moving the organisation forward and everybody's has that goal in mind that we're doing something today to better ourselves for that Saturday Yeah. Um, and crossing over to work um, and limited the amount I've had in my in my in my sort of experience of two years being an operations manager is that not everybody has that internal drive or standards that you have yourself to go and making yourself better or moving the organisation that doesn't matter what organisation you are try to move that forward and that's the hardest thing for me was adjusting to people sometimes in sport or outside of sport especially with work they, they, they don't seem to really nope. care about their performance they all, and, they, and they almost don't want it some, some people just turn up for work for the sake of turning up for, to get a pay package not saying I'm just not talking about my company or uh, talking about other people yeah, the other generally. Industry, generally yeah where in that sporting arena everything is geared up for that 
for that for that weekend and you do all type of sacrifice yeah. to perform and you just want that team and your friends to go forward and for me it was that transition of not everybody has got that driver's standards yeah. that everybody not everybody has in sport but majority of yeah. sport players have I suppose with the assessment you you know that if the if you as an individual in in the pro game is isn't isn't absolutely on the money then you know the standards are going to slip and it's ultimately the, the performance isn't going to be there so you've presumably you've brought that 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 high level intensity to your you know to your work environment well, I, I, I've tried yeah I've tried um, but I mean I'm enjoying my work but uh, like going back to your first thing the, yeah, the biggest thing is you miss you miss out of being in the environment yeah. with your friends and it is like being in school where you got all your friends around yeah. you all together you're all having a laugh and the closest thing I can uh, I can obviously think or link to is, you know, when I go away on a stag do and, and, and the boys were away, you're having such a great time. Obviously there's there's you know a lot of drink involved and, and everything else, but when you come back from those two or three days away, you, you, you hugely miss miss being being around the boys because you know you're waking up with um, the banter the, all those things so if I can is, is, do you think that's is that a little bit about what, what it's like you're yeah. moving away you, you, you just don't have that constant then no no constantly not and um, it's, you are turning up on, on, on the Monday and you're all in there together and you're there for the for the next five days then together coming in at the same yeah. time having food together so is it lo- is it lonely then is it is it lonely stepping away from, from the pro game because that's that's mainly what it is isn't it you're, you, were, you were a part Part of a big, a big group, a big engine, and then you're, you know, you're, you're Kai, part of something, and then you're going off. It's sort of Kai versus the world, then, you know, for not just you, for obviously loads of loads of ex, uh, ex pro players. Yeah, complete, I, I think as well coming out of the game, where there is so much little support for the players. Um, mentally as well there's hardly any support there and job opportunities as well if you haven't been gearing up to exit properly for two three years before you think you're going to come to the end of it I think it's you're in a a very lonely place and there's not many places you can turn and ask for I read a great article it's called um, the reverse butterfly effect where at at your career there we are Um, I was saying, <laughs> yeah. So the re- reverse butterfly effect. So for for someone starting in their in their job in their career in normal, not out of sport, is they start at the bottom and they grow and they grow and they become like a butterfly coming out yeah. and they fly away and the rest is history. Where in sport you you start at a high and then once you once once you retire you become you can become no one and then you have to start building that again when you're if you've got a good career in your mid 30s where everybody else has had 15 years jump on you trying to go into it so it's very tough and i i tell all players i'm still contacted get prepared get yourself out there ask people if you can go out there and have experiences have one day a month to see if you that industry or that sector is something that you want because if you if you're coming out of a cold and having that experience at all it's a super lonely place there and yeah. especially if you haven't got a company that's willing to invest time into you and try and nurture you yeah you, you can be on your ass that's pretty thought-provoking actually that but that yeah that just the way you, that analogy there um, there's no doubt players that you must be speaking to that are in a in a relatively tricky place. You know, depression's a hot uh, you know hot topic at the moment, isn't yeah. it? And rightly so. Completely. Um, I think I think that people are starting to be more aware of of that, but it's it's still 
a hundred miles away from where it needs to be. I don't know what other sports and how they they sort of support their players coming out of it, but there must be a better way that these professional rugby players in Wales and England and anywhere are coming out with sort of zero to none support. Because it, it can't just be left to the players, can it? Because I suppose if you're as a professional player, you you you've got to th- you've got to you've got to give absolutely everything, haven't you? To you don't want to be almost you could say that maybe prepping for something it could be linked a little bit to being a little bit defeatist because you're you're there in that moment aren't you and you're you want to be number one in that particular position so you don't you almost don't want to be distracted by thinking about um, you know moving into the IT sector or the property sector or recruitment or whatever because it might take you it'll be a little bit of a distraction yet it's probably needed Uh, completely for players uh, that's so difficult yeah and and I think it's you're in the bubble when you're in in that environment as a professional you're in you're in a bubble where it's all about that performance on a Saturday and you don't want to take anything away from that but from um, I think from proper planning um, talking to the right people even half a day on your day off once a month would put you in a much better place than you not doing anything and I don't think that that distraction is actually Actually, would be minimum um, if it, it is just a half a, a, a day doing something that. You, and I, th- I think as well, it would be quite good to the mind to get that ticking, challenging yourself as well outside the environment. Yeah, stepping outside, stepping of the... outside, and get that a bit of that growth mindset as yeah. well. So I know, I know the military does it really well, where they've got exit exit strategies for their for the guys that serve in. They've got full support. They go on courses and anything like that. So the, I don't know if the, these bodies that support the players, they could sort of have a look at that more to see if it actually works because it definitely needs to be improved. Interesting. Top stuff. Um, so on a slightly different note then, um, out of the clubs you've played for, who's uh, who's got the best socials? I mean, there's... Um, you know, you've been involved with a couple of clubs that are renowned for, for, for some big some big events. Who's uh, who's got that number one spot? I must I have to say when I was in the Ospreys I was the social secretary. So uh, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Is it? Is it, if you ask the boys, yeah, they had a great Christmas party. <laughs> Depends where we went. Uh, nah, it, I'm thinking Thai Bar. Thai Bar. Yeah, that, that was a good time there. If, if anybody doesn't know what happened in Thai Bar, just give Google a little search on Ospreys Thai Bar and everything comes up apart from the truth. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's all lies. That's it's been all lies. On yeah. There. Yeah. It's all fabricated. Yeah, that, that, that was that was a good uh, that was a good time. We had a good time. They, they hosted us, and um, boys got a little bit too excited, I would say, but nothing out of hand. Nothing uh, e- easily done. Group easily of boys done. Together, yeah, no, nothing away. illegal. That was uh, reported. That's, I that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, any any other clubs that uh, that had a good yeah? Know, we, good we, I, th- I think the success of London Welsh when uh, when I was the first year when we were in the championship going up to the premiership um, just when I was the coach and we had a really good bunch of guys and I think we're, that, that was the reason for us winning that championship beating Bristol home and away uh, because everybody was gearing that Bristol was going to go up Yeah. Um, all the money was going into Bristol to get them up and we sort of we had a bunch of players where we knew what we needed to do on and off the field and uh, it was the best team that I've been in regarding camaraderie and all that team togetherness and I think it showed in that we, we beat them uh, home and away and we won the, the championship that year Was there any, any sort of was that led by a, an individual was it collective it was know? a collective one and I, I think it wasn't that 
one individual that wanted to go on, on the on the team social on the piss all weekend uh, every every weekend or something. He was like he was set. We were going out together as a unit. And yeah. for me, it's being that, in that team and having that team sort of feel is huge. You know, when you're going to on the on, when you're going to, on a Saturday and your back's against the wall, I think that's the the two percent that's going to take you out of the dark place and get you the win at the end. So yeah, it was it was a good time. Very very good time. Did you? Um have you pulled on then quite a lot of those experiences now bringing you into you know a coach as a coach that it is you know it is really important to have you know have a good a good social you know not every weekend but every now and again to bind the team oh completely, you know, completely. have you been because I, I you know I, want, I wanted to ask you as did uh, one of our listeners that has there has there been a team that you've been involved in that um, the social has been so poor that then it's affected the whole environment and ultimately you know has led to the crumbling of a side maybe or yeah well if we go on the on the positiveness I definitely there's there's a huge aspect of going out it's not even going out and going on the on the booze you can go out go for dinner together and, and talk to people that you haven't really spoke to in the in the in the team itself and try and understand where they're from what makes them tick what they enjoy i, I think that actually brings the team together uh, you're spending time together then doesn't spending it have to time be together yeah on the beers exactly spending time together because it will build the team ethos build the team together and when you're going on the field when you are looking around four people who's going to step up they will step up for you because you've got that bond I mean there's not that just but that person turns up yeah. I think football struggles from that I think they're all individuals yeah uh, not all of them but I think different agendas all that but if you put a rugby or a rugby team together and put them in a, in a group environment they, they will start bonding together because it's it's not an easy game do you know what I mean yeah. is, is any at any sport you go out there and you could at any second you could have something catastrophic happen to you on the worst side of it so you, you need to think like is this worth me putting my body on the line so, here for a, a cause bigger cause and it, and it is if, uh, and you need to know so you need to know you need to know someone fairly well, like all, all the players fairly well. Even though naturally you're going to, um, some players aren't going to be your type of person then. But if you can understand what makes them tick, you're still more likely to put your head in somewhere where it where it shouldn't be going because before you may have thought that person's a particularly odd character but actually you've spent a bit of time with them gone to the cinema whatever whatever it may be and then um, you actually understand okay they're not they're not just a complete odd bod for instance no. they're just they're just wired a slightly different way that type of thing is yeah it? completely and I think the, the, the professional game is, is sort of is struggling from this at the moment I think towards my years it, it was less social the socials were more Restricted by the club, it was more it's a bit fate, a bit artificial, controlled by the club, so they could tell us when and not can and cannot go out, where we can and cannot go out. So I, I know the guys are they've got reputation and they're in the line, but still there's a time and place where you, you, everybody needs to go out and have a good time and bring that together. And so I think that sort of lost has been lost in the game there's nothing better than getting a couple of crates in a change room and get people yeah. drinking and talking to each other and that actually I don't think you can measure it as an output so but it is there so it's not like oh the gym where you can measure outputs and stuff like but there is something tangible yeah. regarding that yeah and then yeah I've been, I've been in, in, in a team where um, yeah I think when I moved to London Irish I, I, I sort of struggle I think um, moving there 
first time out of the Ospreys. Um, really excited to go there, and, and it turned out it didn't really work for me. I think that the, the environment wasn't breeding success. Uh, there could be a number of things, but yeah, I just feel like the, the togetherness wasn't there. Um, and it, it, it was yeah, it was, it was the wrong move for me. But yeah, I think you need that togetherness in there. So that one that really sticks out is the London Irish movement. So there, there wasn't any uh, there weren't any beers in the change rooms there, and that that moment where uh, you know that time when people you're having you're having beers in the in the change room and the players you know it's going well because nobody's leaving. So actually, it gets to a point where you're like, we've actually now got a boys, we've got to leave now. We've got to leave the change room. Uh, and go down and see, you know, dragged out the yeah, and have a chat. But no, I, th- I think it was, um, it, w- it was tough there because being in the Ospreys for ten years, going there, really excited, and it did feel like individuals. Uh, it wasn't really a team effort. But yeah, I don't want to put the, that, that team down too much because obviously what's happened the last two weeks with them yeah. being relegated as well. But yeah. it, it does. It, it, that is a huge part. You know, I mean, getting the team, getting the boys. I think the Oscar, the the Scarlets. I think they've got it at the moment. It feels like it's uh, everybody enjoys going in there. Uh, have they have a couple of beers after the game and stuff, and it does yeah. make a difference. Um, like I, I suppose um, with being at the uh, the London, you know, obviously you've been at London Welsh now, and and you know I was at the London. Welsh uh, Awards evening on Friday I can obviously see that's a massive part of your what you bring to a you know to a club um, and no doubt probably you've learned stuff from your time at London Irish you know good or you know good and bad I suppose throughout your career because I spoke to quite a few of the quite a few of the players and they were saying how how just how good the atmosphere is and I don't think I don't think that's an easy thing to create whether it's a, a you know an, it doesn't matter that it's at amateur level does it you've still got lots of characters from maybe it's even more difficult at amateur level because you've got players it's, you know, it's quite a transient environment can be can't it and you've you've bound a, you know you've, you've brought a, a gel and a glue there to a side um, and it was just I mean that atmosphere in that awards night was awesome yeah it was quite it was like a it's like a concert everyone chanting was, singing yeah. and all that everyone was doing shots I'm not just saying that the, the drink is a big part of it but it's, it's I think with with a couple of sessions that we did this week uh, this year with London Welsh was we didn't go on the field so we went down to the local restaurant the schoolhouse where our uh, head of fitness uh, strength and condition Will Taylor is working there so yeah. we had an evening there instead of being on the pitch we are in there boys were having food a couple of beers there's a couple of Saturdays that we decided not to train but we just went for food or a couple of drinks so I think it's it's rewarding the boys for hard working but as well what you get from that is boys being together uh, and that's about the hardest thing especially with as we only train Tuesday Thursday so there's a limited time with us so how can we maximise that to go into the into the season yeah why not why can the training session let's go out for food so we've done that a couple yeah. of times and get the boys enjoying the sessions and then the boys can the boys equally I suppose the boys can actually see you outside of a training environment because you no doubt you're going to be different you're going to be different as a coach on the, on the pitch as opposed to you know you having a a burger and chips with the boys they're going to be you know maybe you're absolutely giving them a bollocking for something something they've done wrong and then they're having a chat with you then about uh, you know what you're up to with your your, your girlfriend on the weekend they're like oh, okay I, I'm understanding right yeah. now and seeing a different side to him and that's that's got to be massive and the, and the truth normally comes out as well once they've had a couple of beers so <laughs> 
you could get all the, the in, ins and outs. Yeah. They're not, not they're not going to tell you outside of the environment. So yeah, yeah. it's always a trying. Uh, it's always a good thing. But it's the majority is you need to be enjoying whatever you are. If you're in work, if you're in in rugby, if you're in a social somewhere or you're somewhere else, you've got to enjoy yourself. And that's what we're because these guys in London Welsh what they're giving up their time. Do you know what I mean? They're giving their, up their time with their families, with their loved ones. Is how do I we do we maximise that time that they are in the club uh, and enjoying it as well so it's a ba- bit of a balance because as coaches and as an output we, we want to win things so we need to be harder sometimes but sort of be softer other times as well so it's quite a, a balancing act there yeah not easy so on, on the sort of London last thing I wanted to ask you um, outside of the sort of obvious sort of physical conditioning um, of, of, of the difference between pro players then and, and amateur players were you were you surprised by some of the skill sets that some of the players may have and that not not just their their ability to execute sort of a certain skill but their their minds then i mean presu- presumably you've probably got players that are can read the game superbly well uh, but maybe they're you know they're not going to be training all the time were, were you surprised or not surprised yeah no i was surprised there's some we've got some excellent players that we've had from the start and the guys have come in as well um, and for me it was there's, there's some out there that as good as professionals regarding reading the game or executing a 2v1 or something basic as basic as that um, for us though it's is how do we upskill all the all the team up to a standard uh, that we, we we want them and it's it's relying on those players that actually are standing out just to bring the group up so they show like that is the standard that we're looking for but yeah I was surprised we got some excellent players and for me it's if you're playing at level eight so if you're playing at level four. It depends on on the coach and if it's someone's perception of that player. I've got players that could easily play national three. Um, we don't want them to play national three because we want them ourselves. Yeah, don't make sure hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> no, no, they won't be that. <laughs> um, but it's 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 a luck as well regarding if you if if you're going into a team if you get selected if you're not because it's, it's down to that coach if he likes what he sees you could be a semi-professional if it, if it, if, it, if someone above him likes you you could be a professional um, it doesn't mean like you're better than the player that's there already it's just someone's perception do you know what I mean so for, for us it's the, the team is is in a good place and we've got very skillful players yeah. there cool so toughest scrummager then toughest toughest bastard you've played against <laughs> fucking all of them <laughs> um, Anyone in particular that stands out as well? We went we went out to Argentina for the Wales in the 19s World Cup, and uh, we were playing Argentina that day. And I got absolutely hammered. Like I don't think we won our own ball. It was it was horrific. And that's the one that stands out. I think that's what. 15, 14 years ago they just they're all oh, they're, all they care about isn't it it's a scrum yeah it was it was something that I've never come across before yeah so that's the that's the biggest and you don't want to again no, no. <laughs> too old for that now don't even play prop <laughs> yeah in the second row now second row yeah well body's getting old isn't it? next season you'll be pushed to the back row back row yeah probably what about after that <laughs> bench again bench yeah <laughs> um, alright so best coach then who's the best coach for you personally um, there's a lot of different coaches that I've had I think one that there's a couple that I, I need to thank 
and I, I think Mike Gruffis would be start of that. He was the the head of sort of North Wales elite players, where I had I was lucky to be with him when I was about 16, 17 and at fifteen I was really I was really a heavy boy. I think I must have been like twenty stone or fifty, so I was big. And then I went into the North Wales Academy Elite team and then he got me trimmed completely down. Fitness with him every Sunday after game on a Saturday and, and in the week as well. So he dropped me the body weight that I needed to do. So on that aspect, he got me into a good place. Yeah. And, my and then I got Yeah and Jones as well, who, uh, and Pat, uh, Pasha, yeah, Pasha, which um, they're the coaches in my school. Um, and my club so a lot to own to them because they were at that point when I was transitioning from football to rugby so I, I didn't start rugby until I was 12, 13 oh, right. so I'm quite old yeah football first yeah football first yeah so a lot of players like that isn't it One, Ryan jo- was Ryan Jones the same maybe I think so or, yeah there was uh, a couple of players I know Martin Williams played football to a high level as yeah. well so uh, and then I transitioned to that and these guys were driving me down to South Wales to do trials um, every Sunday Every Saturday, Sunday, taking me down there so I could play at, uh, at a trial session. So I got a lot, a lot of thanks to them. And uh, from there, then in, in my career, probably John Humphreys was probably the one I sort of worked closely enough, close enough. Yeah, he's got good, a really good rep, isn't he? He's, he's a really good coach, really good guy as well. Um, so I've got a lot to thank to him as well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I've had many head coaches, but they're the three that stick into my mind. Right, how mad is Lynn Jones? Mad. Nah, <laughs> Lynn's good. He's, um, I had him in Nice when I first came down, and I think uh, that he was, uh, yeah, I, I thought, how who is, is this guy? Who is this guy? How is he operating like this? But, nah, Lynn is good. He's, he's got a really sort of, thinks of game in a different way, and that's how we were so successful with the Ospreys with him. Um, with Neath before he we went professional I think we are top four or something and then we went to the Ospreys in 2003 uh, we had a disaster year I think we had 10 loose losses on the bounce then the year after that we won there and then the year after that or the after that we won it again so Lin is good he's, he's wacky but he's good there and I um, just want to touch on your, your time in Italy you've said before to me that the uh, the wine was good obviously the conditions are pretty good for growing beards because uh, your, your beard was almost hitting the floor wasn't it at one yeah. point um, what was the rugby like? Yeah, it was it was it was okay at best. It's, um, it was okay. It okay, was best. it wasn't great, was it? No, it wasn't. Well, I didn't go out there to to play to play the rugby. It was part of the the club. So the Ospreys had a sister club out in uh, Milan. Uh, so we had close ties with them because we had two or three companies that was based in Milano, Italy, that were sponsoring the Ospreys. So we had like a sister partnership there. And this was at a point where I knew that I was coming out of the professional game. I, I, I must have had another, I think myself, as I said, I've got another two years in here because I think when you know the time is right, you do know it's time to step away. So I was, I was building my CV at this point. So in that year, I signed a contract, which was 90% of rugby and 10% commercial, which was, I was supporting the commercial um, a commercial part of the Osprey so I was doing a bit of business development for them just to get a little bit of sort of in the business type of it more than rug- outside the rugby so sort of building yeah. my CV understanding how business works so it was the opportunity came out there is that I would go out there and do a bit of business 
developments within the company that we were working with and try and look for other companies as well. So went out there, only was only out there for six was only out there for six months. Um, but really enjoying myself, yeah. The rugby was okay. Um, I think they're struggling with the basics um, and I think that's it's a very football do you know I mean country football is everything in there yeah. so I, I, I question what what level of coaching they've got at the sort of the grassroots um, top as well where where I, I, it's, it's hard because I don't think they've they've sort of invested in their coaches in there to yeah. sort of drive it up and it, and it shows and it shows in, in the Pro 14 and the Six Nations so they need a massive change they're doing a fair bit at the top aren't they yeah. but it's I suppose at the very bottom, bottom yeah. and that's and I, I guess yeah the football the football is a massive thing isn't it because that is that's their cult, that's, that's a cultural yeah. thing isn't it and and to change that is is not easy no. but you so you had a, it was it was a good time I didn't realize that it wasn't it wasn't just rugby then no it wasn't just rugby yeah, okay. so I went out for that yeah. yeah it was good made really good friends um, the captain of the club Chippo was really really good I really enjoyed him uh, and there was Andy as well this other Kiwi guy that's in back home now he, they really helped me bed it in which was really hard because you go into the country that don't speak English and they if they do want to speak English they won't speak English like if they if they can speak English they won't speak English yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was challenging but it, it was great and it, it's great as a if any young rugby player I would I would advise to get out there and try, try different environments if, it, if it's right for that time is understand new cultures and stuff like that because that's definitely taking you out of your, com- out of your comfort zone there isn't it you know I could have easily said no and just stayed yeah. in Swansea but for me it was an opportunity it was fine for me at that point and I think it was uh, Scott Baldwin went out there um, five years before me so when he was coming through the ranks with the Ospreys he went out there and he, he said oh he's had a good he had a good time and the commercial manager at that point Yanni who's now working with the All Blacks he was he played there for a couple of years as well so there's people before me yeah. you know, new people that have gone in there and they're, they're, they're fantastic yeah. it's, it's a really good good rugby people there in that club as well yeah happy times then very happy time good wine good wine good wine good beards um, alright Biggest, this is a bit left field now, biggest celebrity you've met outside of rugby? You're going to rack, rack that brain there now on this one. So uh, I think we were, um, I was with my girlfriend and we were in um, we were in, in Paris Fashion Week and yeah. we, we had a, a party after the show. Uh, but yeah, that sounds very swish. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, gone up in the world, haven't I? <laughs> Definitely have, yeah. And uh, we had a yeah, after party and uh, Nelly... Was, Nelly. Nelly was Nelly was there, so he was singing in the after party. So I've got a couple of pictures. I with didn't him expect you to didn't expect you to say Nelly. No, no, it was Nelly. And um, did he have his plaster on? No, he didn't. He, he hasn't worn it for a couple of years. So <laughs> I was asking him about that. And then it was a it was a Victoria's Secret model in there as well. So I had a selfie with her, which all my dreams came true. So uh, it was Nelly and her, yeah. Bloody hell, Nelly, fantastic. Kai, cheers for today, and uh, we'll catch up catch up again in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers.
So that's it. That was our bonus episode for this week with Kai Griffiths. Uh, let us know who you'd love uh, to come on the show. We'd uh, we'd love to hear your suggestions. And uh, yeah, if you've got interesting stories that you want us to tell on behalf of your club, uh, then get in touch with us and do that at Attacking Scrum on Twitter and you do it on Facebook as well. And um, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, leave us a review on iTunes. We look forward to chatting more Welsh rugby with you very very soon. Network.